Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble unless you're fixing kibble, Dr. Judy Jasek. It's on hump day and we're going to talk about this insane uh, new product and narrative that you can fix kibble. How are you? How are you? (laughs) Fix kibble. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm kind of a lot disgusted by some businesses in our industry. Just seeing this kibble fixer. Yeah. You know, we, as long as we have been doing podcasts, we only get on uh, kibble companies, right? Because kibble companies are toxic chemical soup. Um, but we're shocked when one of our peers, one of our, you know, top resources, one of our supplement companies decides that they're going to give an out to the kibble feeders. Now, let me ask you a question, Dr. Jasek. If a dog has cancer, how do we fix a crappy diet? I mean, how do you do that? What's the realistic way to do it? You you, you don't you don't <laughs> fix it. You change it. There you, you feed go. Them something else. You feed them something that's not that's not toxic. It's like saying, "Well, I want to eat at Taco Bell, so give me the vitamin supplement that's going to allow me to be healthy, and I can eat at Taco Bell." I mean, it's it's the same thing. Or I want to eat Fruit Loops for three meals a day. What's the vitamin supplement that I can take that's going to make that? a healthy diet, you know, synthetic supplements don't make up for poison soup and poor nutrition. And then they're just getting a bunch of synthetics. And what about the toxicity, the glyphosate, the, you know, pentobarbital and all these things that they, pentobarbital is what they use to euthanize animals. They have found that in kibble. They found all these toxic chemicals in there. You aren't going to fix that. You're going to, you don't, you can't, you can't fix poison. The only way to fix poison is to stop taking the poison. And if the pet already has cancer, well, I would think that would be a wake up call. You want to try to fix that? Or do you want to, do you want to change it? I think, you know, what happens out there in the world is they start listening to what pet parents want, Mm -hmm. right? Or what the majority of the world wants. And then they make something to fix that in their minds. So you have, you still have pet parents, still have people that ask me this question. What is the best kibble to feed my dog? None, zero. <laughs> there is no kibble. What part of raw dog food and company do you not understand? <laughs> we sell raw food, not kibble. Yeah. <laughs> I usually try to send those folks over to you, Dr. Jacek. I'm like, well, you might want to talk to Dr. Jacek about that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they'd get past your introductory videos, which are fabulous which you send out that says hey here here's my theory uh or my ideology here's my practice here's my experience here's what i know and if that doesn't work for you then you're gonna have to go with somebody else that (laughs) agrees with that narrative right right 
that'll sell you that kibble fixer. Yeah. You know, and I, I see this all the time. Uh, people have sick dogs and immediately they go to science diet. They go to the prescription diets. They think there's something prescription in there, which you and I have looked and looked and looked. I don't see anything prescription. What the, what? And then, and then, you know, this company comes out with kibble fixer. And, and so what, what are they thinking? Are they thinking, well, at least the dog's going to get some nutrition with the kibble fixer? Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the bottom line. I'm looking right. at that's pure and simple because there's no, there's no health reason for it. And I bet you anything, there's going to be a lot of holistic, supposed holistic vets are going to get on board with this too. Oh, well, how easy is that? I don't have to convince, you know, I have to spend, you know, an hour convincing my clients that, you know, fresh food feeding is better, but just sell them the kibble fixer and send them out the door and everybody's happy. I, I it's, and especially because some of the places promoting it had been holistically oriented um, and, and, and that's, are going to be like, well, great. You know, now we can just get on board, just sell that, sell that kibble or yeah, sell that kibble fixer. They can make money selling it. And, um, you know, that everybody's, everybody's happy except for the poor pet. And that's what you and I are in it for is the pet. And that's why we don't change our narrative because we know what's best for the pet and that impacts the bottom line and impacts the bottom line, but I'm not changing my narrative. Just for you know, money or any reason, I'm going to keep saying what's, what's best for the pets. They, you know, and, and here's the line that people love to say, well, I need to meet people where they are. What the meet people where they are. You need Just to slap, slap them upside the head. <laughs> tell, tell them to pull their heads out of their sphincters is what they need. <laughs> Get your head out of your sphincter. You know, and I see this even from some people that I know that tried the raw diet and they're like, oh, my dog got, you know, deathly ill. I'm like, your dog was probably going through a detox because I don't know what deathly ill means, right? I see the dog running around. It's not deathly ill, right? right. And what's what's in raw that's going to make your dog deathly ill? What? Meat, bones, organ, and fat. What's in it? Yeah. Yeah, right. Stuff is their nat- it's their natural food. It's what they're supposed to be eating. To me, Dr. Jasek, this kibble fixer is going down that same path as lab grown meat, the the chemicals, um, food production that they want us to eat. They don't want us eating real food. And, you know, I just saw I just saw um, Epic Times, which I really love the Epic mm-hmm. Times. Right. But they did this. Mothers across America did this research study and they they looked at fast food uh, joints, right? And there was Starbucks was in there, Wendy's was in there, Subway, Chipotle, uh, Chick-fil-A. And they were looking for these different toxins that were in food. Mm-hmm. And what they found was Chick-fil-A had this like level of, um, oral contraceptives or oh, I don't know geez. if it was oral, but it was supposedly animal um, uh, pharmaceuticals and animal contraceptives. Now, I didn't know that animals got contraceptives. Do they? Well, not not typically. I mean, they get hormones. So like, you know, they give livestock hormones for growth to help enhance growth, but 
not typically to make them sterile. So, so this, I'm not the, sure what that would be. Yeah. And you know, last night I was over, so we have a Chick-fil-A that's, that's not, I was picking up uh, food for Rick's birthday. And so there was bonefish, you know, so we're getting same. I was going to say, you fed Rick Chick-fil-A for his Hell, birthday. he would, he would die. <laughs> Rick is not a fast food person. He will not eat fast food. Like he must all. really rank high. <laughs> I love you, honey. But, uh, but no. And, and the line is usually wrapped around their building and it wasn't last yeah. night. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if that word is getting out, you know, but okay. Let me say it from two different angles. One angle, I was thinking the FDA lets anything go into our food. So what do you think they're letting go into dog food as far as kibble, right? And that sort of thing. The other side of me was like, is this again, something that's causing fear in the world of real food? Right. So that people will be afraid of real food. Now, I don't know. You could say, well, you know, fast food is not real food. Right. You we we definitely could say that. And I love Epic Times or Epoch, however you want to say it. Um, so I don't know. It gets very it the, you know, there's two sides to it. But there's not two sides to the kibble fixing. I will say that. No. no um no. Just, unless you just, just want an excuse. Yeah. You, you yeah. I've heard that a lot from a lot, like pretty much any more like natural pet food store, you know, that sell raw, sell, you know, good products. They all have, will feed kibble for just like you said to, they want to meet people where they're at. But you know, we were um, at our meeting last week, Tess said, so Tess is down in Arizona now. And she said that the, she found a pet store down there and she was talking to the owner and they are, their goal is to actually eliminate all kibble from the pet store. So I'm nice. like, whoa, right on, right yeah. on. She'll have, they'll have Tess cheering them on. Right. She'll be on in there consulting. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I don't believe that it's going to go away. It's too big of a business, right? It's too big of an industry. And I was telling you before the podcast, you know, Rodney Habib, right? You and I know Rodney Habib and he was a blogger for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, um, and then Karen Becker picked him up and then he kind of became a star. Okay. So we know that, uh, but I, Brian sent me something and he said that Rodney Habib did a uh, TED talk and then this TED talk uh, got flagged and they flagged him because uh, this is what Ted X said, that they flagged this talk for falling outside of Ted X's guidelines because it seems to oversimplify the discourse surrounding pet lifespan and raw food diets, which are currently not recommended by the FDA and the AAHA. So they flagged him because they didn't, he was talking about the 34-year-old dog, mm -hmm. right? He was talking about the oldest yeah. dog out there and why they, they, they could see that this dog lived uh, a long lifespan. One was that he lived out on a farm away from EMFs, mm -hmm. right? He didn't get all the toxins mm -hmm. pumped into him. He was on real grass, you know, grounding on the earth, eating real food. And this dog lived at 34. So they're going to flag him yeah. for yeah. misinformation. And, and in TEDx, 
aren't they supposed to be about free speech? And that was kind of like their thing. People could kind of, or that was my impression as always, people can get up there and talk about anything. And these people that have an aspiration to be a speaker can introduce these new and novel concepts. But yeah, evidently they're, uh, they're, they're bought and sold now too. So here was Dr. Connor Brady, you know, Dr. Connor Brady, who wrote Feeding Dogs, and he's got his own site, you know, and he's over in, I, I don't know where, is he over in Australia or someplace like that? But Connor Brady's response was this. Apparently, before listening to the biggest voice from the pro-real movement, that's the pro, you know, real raw movement, the guy with the multi-award-winning New York Times bestselling book, the guy with more followers uh, than Beyonce. Yeah, before you listen to what the second most handsome man, Dr. Connor Brady said that Ronnie Beeb was handsome. Okay, what the second most <laughs> handsome man in the business has to say and the studies, you should speak to your very pro dry vet first. Hmm. That was a good response. Yeah. And so he said, trust the two most pro-industry, most captured organizations out there before you listen to him. Yeah, right. Right. Because that's exactly what those industries are. Captured, bought, and, you know, they're, they're just, they're just paid off all of their stuff that they put out there about the diets, the vaccines and everything. They're just, it's just all, it's all programming. It's all, well, it's really all money is what it is. They're just paid yeah. off. And I love this last uh, thing that uh, Connor Brady said, and he said, uh, it seems that those who shout loudest about misinformation are the ones most likely to perpetrate it mm. mm -hmm. for the pets and the people. But, right. but, you know, Dr. Jasek, here's my, here, I mean, I guess there's not enough. You wouldn't even have to shut down. Okay, I'm going to say there's not enough for these other, you know, dry food companies. You wouldn't even have to shut down somebody like Rodney Habib or me or you because there's enough people that want convenience. There's mm -hmm. enough people that that think feeding raw is too expensive. There's enough people that want to believe that you can fix kibble. So why don't they just leave us all alone? Right. Exactly. Because they're worried that more people are going to catch on. Maybe they know their stuff is crap and they're worried that they're going to get get found out. But you're right. I mean, there's still, what, at least 90% of the pet industry diets. I mean, I don't know. Do you know what percentage of the pet industry is like raw feeding? I'm I think it's more like 1%. It's pretty small. It's small. Yeah. It's small. Yeah. I think, you know, there are more and more um, faux raws. Let's let's call it faux raws, like Ollie or uh, the farmer's dog that yeah. is cooked. You know, and even last night, um, somebody said, "Well, we feed farmer's dog," and I said, "That's cooked." And they were like, "No, it's raw." And I'm like, "It's cooked." Yeah, it's cooked, and it's then it's carb heavy too. It's got a lot of starch in it. A lot of starch, mm -hmm. and but people are 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 easy easily fooled. Right. And they just keep coming up. These kibble companies keep coming up with all of these, you know, faux raw, raw wrapped kibble, that sort of crap. Kibble fixer, that sort of crap, mm -hmm. you know. Or well, you know, like there, 
people have to be to some degree moving away from kibble in their minds or questioning it because these diets like farmer's dog, I don't, I don't know how they market that, but it is so popular. I talk to so many people that are, that are feeding farmer's dog and you can't even really get good information on their website. Drives me crazy because you go in there and you have to like sign up for their program. It's like, I'm always suspicious of companies where you can't just go pop on their website and read every single ingredient that's in their products, but people feed it like crazy. So they'll jump on that. I guess that feels a little safer than raw because it's cooked or I, I don't know how they market it, but they're they doing a good job. have beautiful marketing and they run commercials constantly. And I'm talking about if you're uh, watching a football game, you know, big, so, big audiences. So they're on big media. They're on major media, major yeah. media. Well, that's, that, ex, that explains that. I don't watch TV, so I don't yeah. plug into that. But I, I've always told people, though, don't buy foods that you see advertised on the television because they're putting all their money into marketing and they're selling you a crappy food. Yeah. But the yeah. marketing's expensive. Well, look at Blue. I mean, I was watching something the other day and, and typically we don't watch TV either, but we had company. There were some football games on. That's how I know that these were in the football uh, arena. And, but they've got the, oh, picking up the big bag of kibble. And I used to feed Prina Pro Plan, but now I feed Blue because it doesn't have this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, and it's all still crap. Right, right. It doesn't have some of those things, but then it's got all this other crap. That's not, that's not any better. It's not, right. it's not any better. It's all as toxic. It's all as processed. It's all, you know, 50% carbohydrate and when you break it break down the nutrients that's why there's no good kibble because when it breaks down in the body it's all the same thing yeah toxic soup toxic soup very bad mm, well delicious i really love your sub stacks that you're doing now and you're putting out a lot of information what is that link for the sub stack that folks can come over and get information right from you you sent out the kibble can't be fixed and i loved it and i'm gonna shoot that out to my email group but what's your sub stack link Judy Jasic DVM dot substack dot com. Okay. Judy Jasic DVM dot Is that right? <laughs> you got it. First try. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, you know, <laughs> another thing we were talking about before the podcast was the fleecing of our pet parents uh, at the veterinary offices. And I'm not really sure that we have any advice for our pet parents other than maybe Maybe you want to get some pet insurance because I am astounded at the cost of surgeries or even just diagnostics. You know, uh, a friend had their dog was was not eating and was vomiting. Now, a typical blockage may not look like that, right? A uh, typical blockage may look like a dog pacing or whining or the stomach being extended and none of that was happening. And as a matter of fact, her dog was misdiagnosed to the tune of $2,000 first. Mm -hmm. They sent him mm -hmm. home. Now, thankfully they called back and they said, Hey, we see something, you know, I don't know if it was an MRI or whatever. So she ended up going to another clinic and, um, before, and so they said this dog's 14 years old. They said, it's going to be $6,000 for us to, well, first they said 
on the high side, it's going to be 8,000. On the low side, it could be 4,000 for us to open this dog up and, and make sure to see what's in there. Um, and we want you to give us 6,000 right now. To which she said, I don't have 6,000 right now. There's no way. It was on the weekend, right? She was like, I don't have 6,000. They literally said, call your family, call your friends, see if you can get $6,000. And and she's she's pretty hardcore and she pushed back and she said, I don't understand this. Why is it going to be 8,000, maybe 4,000, but you want me to pay 6,000? You know, yeah. what if it's 4,000? How do I get my 2,000 back? You know, whatever. Yeah. They aren't going to give her. Yeah, it isn't going to be 4,000. In other words, once they have her 6,000, it will be 6,000 or more. Yeah. They ended up, she she has a, a card called Companion Care. So it has, you know, it's, it's sort of an insurance type thing, uh, but it's a credit card. And that, and that vet's office that charged her that $2,000, huge fiasco trying to get credited back on that card, Right. And I don't even know how they're going to do that. She said, it's a, it's a really weird deal. Anyway, my point is this. She said, I felt like I was at a car dealership negotiating with the vets. So on one hand, I do want to say this to our pet parents, push back, say, I can't pay that much. We're going to have to come to some other terms. And she was able, they acted like they were doing her a great favor you know, well, we're going to, we're going to knock it down to $3,000 from that 6,000. They did the surgery. There were a pair of panties inside of him. And she knew it was hers because they were red. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, but they did open him up and they got that out. The vet actually called her back and said, I just wanted to know, did you want these panties back? Oh, jeez. <laughs> She was like, no, I don't want the panties back. I said, those are some expensive <laughs> panties there, girly. Um, yeah, no kidding. But I just, she said, I felt so gross. Now, this is supposed to be a health professional, not a car dealership, right? Somebody that you trust with working with your dog. And she just said, I just felt gross. Felt gross because of the this whole money grab thing. Yeah. When you know they're not losing money at that three grand either, they're still they're still making money. They're covering their overhead, they're paying their staff, and they're making a profit. So that other three grand on top of that, the six thousand, you know, that was all gravy for them. Yeah, yeah. So I I really don't even know how to advise our pet parents on that, Doctor JC, because they were telling her well down the street they're 10,000 for this surgery and they're 10,000 you know so here you have your dog in distress you just want your dog sure. back and they were even trying to push her towards maybe not doing the surgery and just letting the dog die and she was like and they had yeah. just said from all of his blood work and everything they were like wow this dog is super healthy at 14 and she she said, I did not tell them. I wasn't going to tell them he was a raw fed dog because then they probably would have said, oh, there's a bone in there or there's something else. You know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was panties. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know what, what, what do, how can we help our pet parents with these skyrocketing, unbelievable. I don't know. And, and, you know, sadly, a lot of pets are, are euthanized. I mean, I know for a fact they are because people can't afford it and the pet is you know, has, is suffering and they can't afford 
the care. So they just end up having to euthanize them, you know, because of, because of money, which is, which is really sad. You know, I, I just took out an insurance policy on max and an accident policy for a puppy. It's like $17 a month it's through Chupanion and Chewy.com have some thing association. And, and so it's like $17 a month. And so I took that out in case he does swallow a rock or get an obstruction or something like that. Um, but then I, you know, then part of me is like, but they, the idea is they're, they're playing on that insurance thing though, too. I mean, in human medicine, the reason prices are many times what they are in veterinary medicine is because of insurance, because people can't pay out of pocket. They have to buy insurance. It's like this insurance racket. And I, I don't want to see veterinary medicine turn into that either, but then if, if it's either that or people have to put their pets down because they can't afford a $10,000 surgery, you know, I mean, I'd get the insurance, you know, so that you didn't risk losing your pet, but then that's, but then that's a racket too. We just, you know, need to get back down to just a, a, a cash profession. It's like we were saying before, you just need some underground vets, vets to, that would start, we need the same thing in human medicine, start a cash, um, you know, surgery center. And they could charge way less than these specialty clinics are, and they'd have tons of business. And if they didn't require vaccines, you know, they could do really, really, really well. It'd be lucrative. It'd be a win-win for, you know, for everybody, but you just need somebody willing to do that. And why would these vets want to do that when they can make 10 grand on a surgery? And you know what? If 30% of their clients just euthanize their pets because they can't afford it, well, they're making 10 grand on the surgeries they do do. So they're still making money. You know, it's, it, it's really pathetic. It's really pathetic. It's not at all. It's not at all a health industry. It's just, it's just a, just a money-making industry. So on that insurance that you just bought for Max, will it cover, um, what will it not cover? Let me ask you that. It's, it's no wellness. It's accident or illness only. So if he breaks a leg, or, you know, needs, has an obstruction, something like that. It's not going to cover like any kind of routine care, wellness care, but I don't care. I mean, I take care of all that stuff. It's just, right. if he needs a major surgery or something, like in most illnesses, even, you know, I can, you know, I can take care of that. It's just, if it's something surgical um, and then it covers, I think it was 80% or something. So, you know, you'd still have to pay something, but it's, it's better. You know, you can plan on putting some money aside or whatever. And, and maybe that's what, you know, pet parents need to do if you don't go down the road of, of the insurance, which I guess is another thing is you just have money set aside. You, you do your own insurance, really. You just start your own savings plan every month. You put a little bit on the side in a separate account and vow not to spend it. And then if there's a, you know, health emergency for, for your pet. So probably that would be the thing people need to do is start planning ahead. I mean, my husband and I do that because we just refuse to pay these astronomically high medical insurance rates. So we have a high deductible catastrophic plan. Right. So whatever that out-of-pocket amount is, we make sure we can pay that out-of-pocket, you know, maximum every year in the deductible. So it's substantial amount of money, but 
who just refuse to pay, you know, these high, um, high insurance premiums. It's just like, you know, you get in a car accident and you're in the hospital and you can't afford, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar bill or something, you know, you got something to, you know, help you with. So that would probably be the thing people need to do because this stuff does happen. I think sometimes people get, oh, they want to go get the cute puppy and, and it's, everything's great until puppy gets sick and they just don't think about how much this care costs. So I would say, you know, plan ahead, be able to have some way of paying 10 grand if your puppy gets, you know, sick or do adult dog either way. But for puppies, the insurance is really cheap because there's no pre-existing conditions or anything. Um, but, you know, make sure you've got some money set aside or you got insurance or something, or you've got some friends and family that'll pay for it for you. I don't, I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> right. But there, there has to be, maybe there's not because it's, it's difficult, but there has to be um, vets that will, will work with you, right? They all can't be captured. I think a lot of them are, yeah. but all of them can't be, you know, um, we had talked about before Brian, who was trying to just get a wellness check basically on his dog because the dog is a therapy dog, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the the dog through the therapy organization is not required to do a rabies shot. They can do titers and that sort of thing. And remember, we talked about where um, they wouldn't even touch his dog because it was raw fed. One, Rogue, right? Right. So basically what he did, he got in the car and he drove to five different vets and they would not um, sign off on it because he was a raw fed dog. And Brian said, you know, he said, you do know that kibble, he would, and he, what he said was that the vets would not come out and talk to him. They sent their vet techs out. And that Brian said, you know, I wasn't going to beat up the vet tech, but I did say, you do know that the recalls on kibble outpace any raw diet because of bacteria. And um, he, you know, said some other things, you know, to them. But anyway, he, he, he finally, one of, one of our customers is, is a vet and they were like, sure. We'll sign off on that. And he, and he got it signed mm -hmm. off on because she's a raw feeding, you know, vet. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't even realize he was like, I got home and I thought, um, why didn't I think of that? You know, she, she's one of our, mm -hmm. and she owns the clinic. Mm -hmm. so she owns that clinic. So what you're going to need to find, I think out there are raw feeding vets mm -hmm. and um, hopefully they own the clinic. Yeah. Then the, the smaller clinics, I mean, depending on, on your needs, you know, um, you know, like if you need surgery, well, it needs to be somebody that can do surgery. I think that's in like in the Denver area, you got the big specialty clinics and they have a monopoly and a lot of the, a lot of the general vets just don't do those surgeries anymore. Um, they just refer them out because they're, you know, they don't, and it, you know, in a way it makes sense Those are board certified surgeons. So they have more surgical expertise and all that. But if you can find a vet that, like you said, that owns the clinic, they make their own, they're not, cause that's, you know, 
I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I bet it's 50% or more of clinics now are corporate. They're yeah. owned, they're VCA or Blue Pearl or whatever these corporations are. They're, those decisions aren't even made inside their clinic. They're made in the corporate offices, you know, right. what they'll, what they can do and what they can't do and even their pricing. And I bet you with those corporate executives are looking at, well, look what they get on the human side for this. You know, we, we need to be, we need to be charging more because we could make more money. But if you get, and especially I think veterinarians more in my generation that knows that these prices are ridiculous and they have their own clinic. And if they happen to have the skills and that could do, you know, what you need, but then, you know, you could do that, but it's hard to find a place sometimes or to know, you know, are they qualified to do something like a, like a specialized surgery, but for general care. Yeah. You just, I mean, it would be so easy. I mean, if I, if I had it in me to, to do a, a practice that like did all this stuff, I mean, it would be an overnight success, but right. we've talked about it. We've right? talked about it. We've, we've talked, talked about, about doing it, it. but then young whippersnappers to do it. Yeah. I remember when Neely and I went to that clinic and did a presentation years ago. Um, and they asked us actually to come and do a presentation and we did. And I remember this was the funniest thing because here you're, you're standing up there and there were, uh, we, we, there was actually one vet. I'll never forget this who would not come in. She was animately against raw feeding. Um, she ended up leaving the clinic because wow. yes, because the owner of the clinic decided that they were going to feed raw. One of our customers actually worked there. And so I think that that got them thinking because she talked about, you know, um, how well her dog was doing. And then uh, this other vet asked us to come in, a female vet that owned the clinic. And we did the presentation. But I just remember it was so weird because you had these faces looking at us like we were the enemy. I'll never forget that. You yeah. know, and, and yet we were looking at this vet's dog that she was holding while we were doing the presentation. And 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 just you could see that this dog was not in good shape, right? Mm -hmm. Um, was not in good shape at all. And so she decided to switch over to raw. And she did. And she decided to start buying and, and moving her customers in that direction. But I'll never forget, they lost a vet from that. This one female wow. left and said, I'm not going to work here if you're going to feed, if you're going to promote raw. And she left. Wow. But she wouldn't even listen. She wouldn't even come into the presentation. Right. I mean, it was like veins were going to pop out of her neck. She was so mad. It was like, like. <laughs> Well, then she's better off moving on, I guess. And she's only had plenty of clinics to go to that promote feeding kibble. But that, you know, that's what gets me. It's like, you can't open your mind enough to just listen. Maybe you don't agree with it, but at least listen. How do you know it's so bad if you don't know anything about it? You know, people just, you know, keep, 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 keep the narrative up, keep the misinformation going. You know, I mean, when, when people like you and I, you know, like, I, I don't worry about misinformation. I, I speak the truth. I speak what I know and what's true for me and what, 
what I have learned. I, I mean, you know, making up lies is uh, it's exhausting, and you got to keep track of who you, what you said to who, and and wh- who, what story you told to to which person. Like, it's so much easier just tell the truth. I think. Well, even if you let's say you're not quote unquote lying, but you say, uh, as most of these vets say. Well, we've had clients that have come in here that have had, you know, salmonella, you know, salmonella from, from raw, from raw food. But when you come back and you ask the question, tell me what type of salmonella was it? Because there are many. Tell me what the level was. What is the benchmark for an overgrowth of salmonella or too much salmonella? Or uh, what, what was the diet? Were they adding kibble? I mean, all of these questions that you and I would ask to try to get to the bottom of a statement Mm -hmm. that why wouldn't you want to, they will not respond. They will not respond. And pet parents won't ask those questions and we'll give you those questions to ask. We're not trying to be, um, you know, mean and start a fight. There's not even, there's not even, they're not even testing. They're not all this. They're doing, Oh, raw food must be salmonella. Cause I'll ask, when pet parents say that, you know, they went into the vet and they got the, you know, salmonella species, like what, or spiel, so, what, did they, did they test your pet? Did they test the stool? Did they, you know, I, 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 I don't know. That's just what they told me. It's right here written. Yeah. But how did, how did they come up with that? Like, <laughs> you know, cause they're not doing any testing there because there is no, there is no test for that. It's just propaganda, but it's just one of those things. And enough people say it, it becomes true. Just like the dogs need grain to have a healthy heart. That's going to be a narrative for decades because it's, even though that's been completely disproven, it had enough time to take hold, which was all the intent. It had enough years out there to take hold, especially in the cardiology community. And now they're going to keep saying that, that dogs need grain for, for a healthy heart, even though it's been completely disproven. They don't, they don't spread that information. They don't, they don't want you to know that. I just, some, there are just some beliefs that are so strong that you're never going to break them. Right. So for instance, gosh, I've been talking all this time and I haven't had my microphone turned around. I'm sure that's a much better sound. Um, but what I was going to say was one of my friends who's, he knows the narrative out there about COVID. He knows the narrative um, about the test and he knows the facts, right? The, the, the studies that have come out and they've said, look, the PCR test is not a diagnosing tool, right? It is, you want to find something, go find it and we'll, you know, it will find whatever you're looking for. He felt like he had a cold the other day. So he went and did a, a test to see if he had COVID. I was like, how, how, how in this day and age, at this time, mm-hmm. after we just came through what we came through, do you not, do you still believe that those tests are valid? And why is it if you have a cold that that's a bad thing? Right. Everybody gets colds. And 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 he said, "Well, I have a fever." And I said, "Good. If right. you have all of that junk that is that that is clogged up, how else is it going to heat it up and make it to where you can sneeze it out, cough it out, chill it out, poop it out, you know?" 
Got to melt the jello, as Dr. Mel- Cowan says. Mel- melt the jello. <laughs> like, but I w- I'm astounded. I'm astounded because this is an incredibly smart person. Mm-hmm. So it's not that people are dumb, but there is some sort of belief in there that they, or fear, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I don't know. It baffled me too. I mean, through all of COVID, because you know, all the people that come to me for holistic care for their pets are running out, getting front of the line for their COVID jab. I'm like, really? Hmm. That, that's, and coming, you know, like bragging, I'm fully vaccinated, you know, um, like, Ooh, good. Keep my distance. <laughs> you know, right. stay, keep your, keep your spike proteins or whatever you're shedding on your side of the room, you know, like, are you kidding me? And those were always the people that, that were like the last to stop wearing masks and stuff too. And why? Because of fear. It, that's what I think. I mean, I think fear is the, is the biggest, well, what if, what, what if there's this itty bitty little chance that, that this stuff is true. And it's like, I don't know, I guess I just listened to enough of how messed up the the world is that, I knew this was a bogus narrative, you know, very, very, very early on. And, um, and I know the vaccines, but there's no way I would have ever taken an experimental vaccine. Are you kidding me? But people lined up for it or they didn't want to be inconvenienced. Well, I want to travel or I want to go to the concert or I want to go to my favorite restaurant. Like that's, that's worth your life. Really? Like, you know? Or some chronic illness that you're you're going to fight for the rest of your life, yeah. some sort of you know immune um, problem. And yeah. for for me and for you, I think it's so easy to see when we have this explosion of cancer in dogs, right? These turbo cancers. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good. You know, word that's coming out right now. Happening, happening in pets. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you think the correlation is there? And I don't understand why we don't stop and say, what's the cause? Because it doesn't just happen. And and somehow this narrative has gotten out there that says, well, it just happens. It's genetics, just bad genetics. It you doesn't know, just if, happen. But if if that were the case, so if it was just genetics, which is what has been, you know, the narrative on, on the human side too, then why is it increasing? Do the genetics just keep getting worse and worse? I mean, you, you don't get, I mean, so, like in just the last few years, like the last like three years or so, the, the rates of cancer, I mean, they were going up, but that's astronomical and these two turbo cancers and these really, I mean, I'm seeing probably two out of three new cancer patients I see are lymphoma and all like really bizarre all over the map, different presentations. I'm not even sure it's being diagnosed correctly. I think there's more going on. I think it's all, I think it's all toxicity, but it's definitely changing. Genetics isn't changing that fast. You don't change the gene pool in in our animals or in people in three years. Are you kidding me? Like it's, it's poison. And when I'm seeing younger and younger and younger pets, I had one dog at 10 months of of age diagnosed with an oral, um, I think it was a melanoma, it was a malignancy in the mouth. Um, That, I mean, that's gotta be vaccines, right? Because what else is done 
yeah, I mean, yeah, diet, but even, even a really poor diet, even if like old Roy, like one of the worst kibbles out there, not that there's any good kibble, but I mean, like bottom of the rung, those dogs would probably live to be at least five or six years old before they'd get cancer. It not it's not going to take them at 10 months so what else are they getting well they get they get all these vaccines and i'll tell you you know as you know i had another complaint the colorado board and both of these last complaints that were filed against me and they've been anonymous i know one was from a veterinarian not, not, not from clients one was from a practice owner and i don't know who this last one was maybe an animal control officer because it has to do with a with a court case but the whole, they're both around the idea that that my um, exempting clients from from rabies or the way I talk to clients about rabies and vaccines is inappropriate. Yet they're killing our pets. The profession is murdering our pets. And when I tell people, "Hey, you need to take a step back. You need to ask what's in these things," and I try to educate them, and they go into a clinic and push back, then I get called out. You know. To the, to the board. I mean, that's, that's messed up. Like, how, what are people supposed to do? You know, like they're really backed in a corner um, with the, with the vaccines, because it's getting harder and harder to find clinics that will, you know, see them without all of these vaccines that I know without a doubt are, are killing their pets and causing all this, this chronic illness. Yet it's getting harder and harder for people to work around them. I mean, I have a little more of an advantage because I can treat a lot of things. I have medical knowledge, but but what does the average person do? You know, they just are kind of stuck having to get the shots if they want to get their pets in to get care. Yeah, but look at this, Dr. Jacek. If going into vet school, you have to have a rabies shot, right? You have to have a rabies shot. I would never be a vet for that one reason right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I could pass any of the chemical, you know, the chemistry or the biology probably couldn't well, pass that but you know i just thought <laughs> the rabies shot <laughs> i can't even say the words but uh yeah i wouldn't do it but if you are somebody that's had that yourself super easy for you to think well nothing happened to me why wouldn't we do it for the pets and yet i back up and i say why did they start that i mean did we ever have a case a true case where someone was bitten in in veterinary school by a dog and then they started foaming at the mouth like the day of the dead or whatever it is the those shows that we watch um was there ever a case like that do you know of a case like that i don't know i don't know and i've been practicing for 35 years and i have never run into an actual case of rabies in a person or in a, a dog you know you can read the they, yeah, they publish articles about the incidents of rabies and show you the maps with all little dots where it's showing up, but they don't have information about how is that being tested? Is it some bogus PCR test? You know, we learned this in COVID that, that these tests, you know, um, don't, they can test for pretty much anything that you want them to test for. Now, traditionally in rabies, you had to kill the animal and, and check the brain. That was the only way to check for the, the rabies virus, but who knows what they're even looking for after, you know, now coming in, the fact that the viruses even exist is coming into question. Who knows? And all these other diseases and pandemics and all this stuff, 
like polio has been linked to DDT and Mm -hmm. so many of these other conditions have been linked to some toxin. Boy, do I wish we could get, get down to where did this start and what, what was going on then? And I bet we'd identify the, the toxin. And, but then it's another one of those things. It's this fear, this fear propaganda and, you know, got to have these vaccines because it's this deadly disease. And I think they've really been able to, to work this up on rabies because people can get it. So it's even more scary. It's bad enough. People worry about their dogs getting something from another dog, but people don't get parvo or distemper, but people can supposedly, you know, get rabies. So that's, that's the whole play now for the rabies vaccines in the vet clinics is well, what if your dog, you know, bites one of our staff and it, and it's got rabies, like, well, I think it would be pretty obvious if it had rabies, like, don't you know what the symptoms are? You can't die. Like, oh, there's the asymptomatic, you know, whatever. There it is. Asymptomatic. You guys are all walking around out there looking beautiful, healthy, and fine, but there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You're shedding (laughs) shedding stuff. Don't you get too word, comfortable with your bad self. I bet you most of the 80% of the population wouldn't even know what that word meant before COVID. Now it's a thing. Oh, asymp- yeah, just like those COVID anti-vaxxers that are walking around killing all the rest of us. You know, you know what I do when I'm out in a store? I sneeze as loud as I can. <laughs> Cough I- right on the produce. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I will cover my mouth, but it's just so fun to do that. It's like sneeze as loud as you can. They're like, oh my God. You know, it's are like, people, are people wear, starting to wear masks again where you are? I see them. I see them. And I, I don't even look at people that have masks on because I'm like, it's so unhuman to me. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, I, I just, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, it doesn't matter how much information you want to give the folks, how much, you know, proof, how many, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to yeah. do what they're going to do. And totally. And I, and I want to say, you know, to, to all these folks who still listen to the, the media who pushed that narrative who said we should, you know, excommunicate all of those that don't get vaccinated. We should do this to them. Man, you still want to listen to that, that those folks that, that pushed you in that direction. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I really, I haven't heard lately uh, anything about what Robert Kennedy Jr. said when he said pet parents are, uh, questioning the rabies for their pets. Oh, I didn't know he brought that up. He did. Oh, yeah, that I that, know that. Yep, that came out uh, from from that uh, that group, uh, Children's Health Defense. And so I need to go back in there and see. Uh, are you still listening to Polly and and uh, Mary? I, I I do some. I mean, there's just so much stuff. There's so many to, things to, to listen, listen to to yeah. listen to. Um, it's hard to keep up and it's, so I try to like, kind of got to pick and choose. Like I see what they're talking about and, you know, I, 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 um, you know, have to have to pick and choose just in the, in the interest of time, but I am listening to them, but I, I think to get a bigger platform, at least talking about this, I think would be, would be awesome. 
because if enough people push back, because a clinic isn't going to care if one or two kooky clients come in there and start pushing back on a rabies, but if 30% of their clientele went in there and said, no, what if a whole bunch of people, you know, went to their county and said, we need to change these laws. That's really what needs to happen. Cause that's what the vets are playing on is, well, it's the law, it, you know, and, and it's usually on the county level. I think in some places it might be city, but mostly it's county and go in there and say, look, we need to change these, these laws, these, you know, vaccines are, you know, killing our pets, but it's, I think it's gotta be a good representation of, of people. Cause they aren't going to listen to one or two coo- like you or me. They're like, they'll die soon. Just leave them alone. Just let them without <laughs> their time. They'll wear out. They're getting old, you know? Well, I, I still believe though, that even if we could somehow curb those uh, rabies vaccination, they would come up with some type of toxin to push out there to make it look like that we were wrong, that these dogs have rabies and stuff like that. That's why yeah. we need more yep. people. You know what I'm saying? Anytime that, that people start catching on, we're like, well, how do we fool them back into, you know? And 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 you could say we're conspiracy theorists, but here's what we are. We are uh, passionate about pet health. And so take it or leave it. Doesn't make us any difference, right? There comes a point, Dr. Jasek, where we do what we do. And there was a time, and I've said this on the podcast before, when it really upset me that that uh, that I wasn't believed, right? There was a time. And now I'm just like, I'm just going to talk to the people that are open to it. I cannot, I cannot, um, I just, I can't, I don't want to do it anymore to try to convince somebody. I don't try to convince them. You know, Um, people ask me all the time, well, is this complete and balanced? And, you know, do you, are you AAFCO approved? And uh, they ask me all these, you know, can I add kibble? I don't go into my big, long spills anymore. It's just like, no, and here, read this. If you really want to know, you really want to um, have the healthiest pet, you really want your pet with you as long as possible, then it's on you to get educated. There's a reason that certain people that do certain things have really healthy dogs. Right. It's not by accident. (laughs) Right. And yeah. people ask, like my friend who went in with uh, the dog who ate the panties, they were like, this dog is incredibly healthy, you know, bright, healthy, blood work looks good, skin looks great, everything's great. So he just has some panties in it. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, she did not, she did not tell them until the end, until the end. Okay. Uh, because they made the dog stay in the clinic and then they wanted to feed him to see if, you know, before they let him out. And at that moment, she said, don't feed him kibble. He's not a, he's not a kibble fed dog. He's a raw fed dog. And she said, I bet they were all just like, dang it. We (laughs) told her that she was, that that dog was super healthy. She (laughs) fooled us. Right, right. I tell people that too. Just don't say it up front. Tell tell them later. Let them do the 
testing. And I say, because they won't do, they won't, they might not have even worked her dog up. They might right. have just said, well, your dog's sick because it's eaten that raw food. Right. And sent it home. Well, I can't believe the first vet sent, sent the dog home. Right. Like, that's, that's crazy. You know, I had another a client, I was a new client. And this was another dog of hers. She was just sharing the story, but then this was a, um, I think it was a dog fight. The dog had been attacked in a fight. She rushed it into the vet and they checked it over and said, oh, we think your dog's fine. So, you know, just sent it home. Well, she got home and she's like, my dog wasn't fine. She said it was going into shock and she ran to the emergency clinic and the emergency clinic said, we can't believe they didn't, they sent this dog home. It didn't like put on fluids and treat it for shock. And the dog ended up dying. Just, you know, what? Just sent it. I mean, like I hear stuff like this. And I'm like, are they even thinking that even using, they'd learn anything in vet school or maybe this wasn't part of the programming. You know, it's like when you take your car into the shop, you know, because all the cars are computerized Yep. and you can know there's something wrong with your car. And, and if it doesn't show up on their computerized screen, sorry, your car was making this noise. Sorry, computer says it's fine. You know, it's almost like it's that if it's like not, they're so like zombified and so programmed. And if there's not something that fits in with their program, like, oh, your dog must be fine. You know, we, we just had that happen to one of our cars, took it in. They totally repaired something that wasn't broken and sent it back. And we were like, hang on a second. Yeah. I sent it in for this. Oh, you sent it in for that. Yeah. It says right here. Yeah. Head up sphincter. Head yep. up sphincter. We had a one one time several years ago, we were getting ready to go on a camping trip. And Chris, my husband is like, his, his car was making a noise. So there's something not right. And he took it into the dealership and they had it all checked out. And he's like, I know there's something not right. And they're like, oh, it's just, it's, it's road noise. And he's like, come on, I've been driving for like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 50 30 years. years. Like, I think I know <laughs> the difference, you know, they told him, oh, it must be the tires. So he, he got new tires. Yeah. We went camping as we were in Colorado and we were going to Arizona to Sedona and we drove all the way across New Mexico and this noise got worse and worse and worse and worse. And we got to the campground, unloaded the um, camper and then went to the dealership up in Flagstaff and they said, your axle was about ready to break <gasps> and you guys are lucky you didn't get killed because if oh, it broke my- when you're pulling that camper, you guys would have been dead. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew, we knew there was something. But they can't use their brains and think or even take it out on the road and listen for the noise. Nope, doesn't show up on the computer. And I think that's what's happening in in medicine. That's why things have to be named. They have to, because they can't treat a pet unless you have a a diagnosis. It has to have a name and it could be completely bogus. Like I just did a little Substack recording on IBS and IBD because that's nice. like, you know, it, it's a diagnosis that I hear so commonly that means absolutely nothing. It means the gut's inflamed. Well, does your pet having chronic diarrhea? Yes. Well, we know the gut's inflamed. It tells us nothing. It doesn't tell us anything about the cause, but as long as they can name it, then they can treat it and you know, they can put the pet, they can justify a prescription like steroids or something because now they have a, a name for it. And then people are happy because my pet has such and such. It's not like my pet has diarrhea, but nobody knows why. You know, they don't look at the underlying cause. But I think that's where medicine is 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 becoming is just a big, a big algorithm. 
And that's all vets and probably human doctors too are being trained is is just it could a computer could probably what the plan is. I just there'll be robots soon, just AI diagnostics. Yeah. It's yeah. all gonna be AI. So you're not gonna be able to uh think really it, it, with AI, right? It's just gotta be sort of a box. So again, that's why we do these podcasts. We hope that the information will give you um the courage to ask the questions, will give you the confidence to say, no, I believe that there is something wrong with my pet, right? Or give you the knowledge that says uh, IBS, IBD, like you said in your Substack, which you guys need to get over and get signed up for that. Um, is just, I mean, it's just that the gut's inflamed. And so we need to start thinking like that. Well, what causes the gut to be inflamed? How do we keep the gut from being inflamed? You know, do we, do we just need a a pill? No, because it's sort of like the kibble fixer that we started out this podcast with. You are still going to have sloppy poops. You're still going to have chemical soup. You're still going to have poisons and toxins and high carbs going into your dog, no matter how much good stuff you put on top of it. So what are you really fixing? (laughs) What are you fixing? Your guilt. It's all yeah. it's doing. It's fixing pet parents' guilt. And for whatever, $29.99 or whatever, I have no idea what they're selling it for, but buy this bag for whatever amount of money and you don't have to feel guilty about feeding. And to me, like a product like this, it's like you're acknowledging it's broken. Like you're acknowledging <laughs> it's bad by the fact that you're doing this product. So why are we, you know, Karina came out with it. I'd say, well, that's par for the course. But the company that came out with this, you know, I had a lot of respect for because I thought they were one of the best supplement companies out there. Well, no, no longer. And I don't know who they're, you know, teamed up with or who's paying them off or something or who they got in, who invested in them or, or whatever. You know, I, I, I know this happens, you know, these companies, it's, it's expensive out there and, and, and running a business is tough and you get a big investor that comes in and wants to help, you know, pad the finances a little bit. Great. But then they want certain things because they're in bed with other companies and they get, you got to promote their stuff. And when things like this happen, that just really don't make any sense. It's follow the money, right? It's, you know, it comes Mm. down to the bottom line. Right after that came out. And I don't know if you saw this, but they sent out a survey of what, you thought about it and oh i didn't i guess i didn't see the survey yeah i'm gonna did, uh, did you fill it out i i haven't but you you know what i've been doing looking around for yeah something different and um yeah it's 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 uh man yeah it's hard but you guys you still have dr judy jasic you've got her Substack. you've got the raw dog food truth podcast um, we love your questions. Send your questions in. Uh, you can send them over to info at Raw Dog Food and Company or go in the chat. Uh, you can Zoom with Dr. JC. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. She can Zoom with you and help you. Uh, diagnosis, uh, advice, food, whatever you need. 
right? You can work with Dr. Jasek. And so you want to get over to ahavet.com. Remember, we have the cancer webinar. It's a three series. And this isn't just for pet parents that have a cancer diagnosis. This is if you want to get your pet on the right track, right? Mm -hmm. How do I make sure? How do I ensure that I don't have to use that pet insurance for right. some sort of really uh, chronic disease or really, even if- really from a holistic perspective, yeah. treating cancer and preventing cancer is the same. Just if you're treating it, you're a lot further behind the ball. So let's prevent it from right. happening in the first place. Right. So you can find that on my website. There's part one through three. They're there for you to purchase and download now. Um, and you can find those in the educational webinar uh, arena or in the supplement section. They're right at the top. So you will find that there. So get over there and uh, get those cancer webinars and listen to them. They're fabulous. They're great. And uh, we'll be coming out with some more, won't we, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jason? Yes, we will. We She's will. like, yes, yes, we will. We're going to do one on skin. Skin. Yeah, we're going to do skin. Itchy pets because God knows there's an epidemic and you could probably guess what's causing it. Yeah. Uh, the kibble fixer. Yeah, the kibble <laughs> fixer. I'm going to... Yeah, mm. Okay, we'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Raw Dog Food Truth. Get over to Raw Dog Food and Company. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet because here at Raw Dog Food and Company, your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Jasek? And friends, don't let friends feed kibble or fix the kibble. (laughs) There you go. We got to get new t-shirts. Friends, don't let friends fix kibble. That's right. (laughs) All right. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.